it took a lot of reflection to understand that if I wasn't embracing myself as an artist, why would anyone invite me to be a part of a public art conference like that? So I think that when you are not willing to bet on yourself and to take that risk to to follow your dreams, then why would why would anybody else? Hello, and welcome to Agnes Scott College's new podcast, Journeys to Leadership, where we will explore the paths of inspiring women leaders from around the globe. I'm Leo Zak, president of Agnes Scott and the host of this podcast. I hope that through these stories, you, our leaders of today and tomorrow, will not only be encouraged by our guests, but will also be inspired to take the next step in your own journey. Wings of blue, yellow, and orange monarchs, petals of pink and red flowers, portraits of family and friends, and the delicately traced faces of leaders, constructed with an attention to detail like no other, grace the sides of walls and buildings throughout the city of Atlanta. The artist of these beautiful murals and works of art has been showcased in the High Museum of Art, Museum of Contemporary Art of Georgia, the Dalton Gallery at Agnes Scott College, and most recently, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Her work has been a beacon of hope for people around the world, and more specifically, for people from underrepresented and marginalized communities. She is an activist, public speaker, author in the making, and most recently named one of Atlanta's 500 most powerful leaders. Join me in welcoming the extremely talented Yami Cambrone. Hello, Yami. Welcome to Journeys to Leadership. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, President Zach. It is a pleasure to be here. And congratulations to you as well for being among those 500. Thank you so much. Uh, on Journeys to Leadership, we want to know how you got to where you are today. The ups, the downs, surprises, all of it. Well, as much as we can fit into this segment. So let's jump right in. Let's start in your early years. What was life like growing up? So I was actually born in a very small town. And then when I was maybe two years old, we moved to the city. So I grew up in a city environment um, in the capital of Michoacan in Mexico. Uh, most of my childhood, we experienced a lot of family separation because my dad would run out of work and would migrate to the U.S. to work. And he worked here in the kitchens of Chinese restaurants. So we were without him for a lot of our childhood. Uh, ultimately, my my parents made the decision to migrate to the U.S. when I was about eight years old. And uh, we came directly to Buford Highway, which is now what I consider home. Um, Growing up on Buford Highway was an amazing, an amazing experience because I, you know, as soon as I arrived, I saw carnicerias and panaderias and signage in Spanish. So Buford Highway really became a place that gave me a little piece of my former home and also a community that helped my family and I transition into our new life as Americans. Um, and so I, I grew up you know, in community and eventually as I came of age, uh, the realization of what it meant to be undocumented started sort of um, taking over my formative years. 
Well, I'm so glad that you found Georgia as your home and you're now an activist and an artist. Did you think that you would be an artist when you were young? Is that what you thought you would grow up to be? You know, I was always drawn to creativity, uh, even in Mexico. And I think a lot of that has to do with watching my parents work with their hands so much of the time. Uh, when I started school in the third grade here in the U.S. in Atlanta, and I didn't speak any English, the art classroom became a space that helped me feel like I could thrive and be successful without having to communicate in English. And so I think that just it made it even a, a, a more important space for me as a child navigating a new country. Um, and so it, I just kind of stuck with art class. I was always try, just trying to get in, in all of the art classes every single semester, middle school and high school. Did you ever imagine that you would be a muralist when you were young? Did you paint on the walls? Did your mother have to say, no, no, not on the walls? Now you get to do it all the time. Yeah, no, I don't remember that ever happening. Um, I could not have seen this coming as a child. I think art is not viewed as a career or as an option, especially in my community. Um, and so I, I always thought, you know, in high school that I would maybe be an art teacher, but when I started realizing that because I'm undocumented, I don't have authorization to work legally in the United States, those options started becoming very uncertain, um, or not just like they didn't seem like they would be possible. It's interesting you mentioned, you know, art wasn't something necessarily a career in your community. I do know I've had the pleasure of meeting your mother. I know she's often by your side. Did, um, did your family support you as you made that decision to become a professional artist? So I think my family has always questioned what I could even do with art. Um, and specifically, my mom, when I uh, when I was awarded the full ride scholarship, the Goyera Foundation scholarship to Agnes Scott, and we were having conversations about what I would study, what my major would be, and I said I was going to be a studio art major. My mom was, my mother was kind of like, just confused about what I was going to do with that. However, my family has always, as you said, stood by my side. My mom is always there every time I'm painting a, a new mural, even though she doesn't drive, she will find a way to get there and help in any way she can, or even if she's just bringing food. Um, but I think over the years, my family has started understanding my work a little bit more. Um, and in the beginning, yeah, there was a lot of, they were very reluctant, I think, when I started approaching them about making artwork specifically about them. Uh, but I think as my work has grown over the years and they've been able to witness how the community responds to the murals and to the portraits. I think they're starting to see concrete, tangible examples of, of why this is so important. You've mentioned the importance of your family. Who else gave you strength along the way as you were journeying down this path, as you mentioned, being undocumented, choosing a career that wasn't traditional. Who gave you strength? Well, I, I definitely want to start by saying that I have 
for a long time been driven by this obligation that I feel to show my parents that their sacrifices and migrating weren't in vain. Uh, so that's definitely one of the biggest motivators for me and one of the things that gives me the most strength. Uh, but I have always had educators and mentors along the way who have encouraged me and have sometimes believed in me and has have seen things in me that I, I haven't even seen myself. And that has changed over time, depending on the space that I'm in. Um, as a student, it was my educators. Later on, when I became a teacher, it was the people that were mentoring me so that I could be a better educator. Um, you know, now definitely uh, my my business manager, my my par business partner, she has just see, she is the reason why I'm writing a book. And so there's just people who have helped me remember that that I have this this power through my work, through my artwork specifically. What potentially stood in your way? Um, it sounds like you've talked about being undocumented. What stood in your way? Yeah, definitely being undocumented. It has so many li limitations, but I think as people who are resilient, a lot of us have had to find ways to make this experience the way and not the obstacle, right? Like what is it about my experience of being undocumented that that has made me the person that I am today, right? And definitely, you know, in 2012, while I was a student at Agnes Scott College, the DACA program was announced in 2012. And so that changed everything for me because all of a sudden it meant that I qualified for employment authorization, that I could apply to be protected from deportation. So it was like a huge weight was lifted off of me and and I had all these opportunities open up. And so even though DACA has been a huge privilege uh, for 800,000 of us in the country, it has also been full of uncertainty and it has been in limbo, especially in the past four years under the Trump administration. And so ultimately that uncertainty of being a DACA recipient is what led me to make this decision to put as much energy as possible into being an artist even while i was an educator and and this is also what led me to ultimately leave the classroom in 2019 and become a full-time artist was knowing that if daca was taken away i could no longer be a teacher however as an artist there was nothing about my immigration status that could take that away from me. You clearly are a leader in your field. People look up to you. You've been an activist. You've been a voice. Where did you learn about leadership? I definitely have to say that I learned a lot about leadership at Agnes Scott. Um, I think this is where I learned how to be like a fierce and unapologetic social justice warrior. I continue to learn about leadership from many of the professors that mentored me when I was a student there. I mean, I still, now that I'm thinking about, well, not thinking, but now that I am preparing for the process of applying um, to MFA programs, I still come back to Ann Beidler and Nell Ruby and, and have conversations with them about what this process is like. And so I, I continue to find 
that sort of mentorship and my leadership um, from a lot of the people from my college years, a lot of the professors, um, but definitely like observing a lot of the leaders that I admire around me, um, a lot of activists from around the country who have been doing this work for this social justice and immigration reform work for a long time. I learn about, I learn a lot about leadership from them as well. You're talking about, you know, your next path, how you might continue your education. You're looking to, you're in the process of writing a book. Um, how do you know this is the right path? Um, how do you, how do you make those decisions? Um, how do you, how do you take risk? You know, I'm, I have to go back to just this, the, the motivation behind me choosing studio art as a major when I became a student. I just know that this part of me being an artist is something that no one can take away. And so anytime that I am making a decision in that direction or that aligns with that, with that mission of, of mine in life, I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. The other part of your question was, how do I know to take risks? Yes. How do you know, how do you feel comfortable in taking risks? I think, you know, there, it, there, it used to feel like a big risk to, to be an artist while I was a teacher because I didn't really know what that was going to look like. And so the risk, I guess, was in placing all bets on myself, right? There were a couple of years after graduating from Magna Scott where I was embarrassed to call myself an artist. I had created the Educational Liberation Monarch symbol. Um, but other than that, I hadn't really created anything else. And so I was not embracing myself as an artist. And then a public art conference hosted by Living Walls came to Buford Highway while I was teaching there at the high school that I graduated from. And there were these artists that were coming from out of my community to paint murals about my community. And in the beginning, I was very uncomfortable with with that and mostly because i was like oh well i'm an artist and i you know i should be a part of this but it took a lot of reflection to understand that if i wasn't embracing myself as an artist why would anyone invite me to be a part of a public art conference like that so i think that when you are not willing to bet on yourself and to take that risk to to follow your dreams then why would why would anybody else invite you to be a part of anything like a project like this one right that came to, to Buford Highway. Well, you, you may have already answered it, but what has surprised you about yourself? You talked about self-reflection. Has anything surprised you? I guess I sometimes I'm surprised that so much of my work is so intuitive. And I give a lot of credit to the things that I learned at Agnes Scott, because I feel like when I'm making decisions, when I'm engaging with the community, when I'm uh, engaging in activism, which is all the time, really, I make decisions based on my intuition and what I feel is right, you know, and I go back to my moral compass. And a lot of that has to do with the education that I was able to have access to at Agnes Scott. Um, and another thing that I mean, I guess this is not as much surprising, but just 
I'm constantly, as I'm navigating new spaces, I'm constantly realizing that I still have so much to learn and that you can't approach, especially when I'm working with a community to create a piece of art that's reflecting them, I can't approach them thinking that I know everything. Like I have to approach a community uh, ready to listen and ready to let them inspire and them and their stories inspire the work. Well, it hasn't been that long ago, um, but what do you wish you knew when you graduated from college? So I mentioned before that Agnes Scott prepares us to be deep thinkers, to be unapologetic fears, social justice warriors. And I feel extremely fortunate to have been surrounded by so many student leaders that just were as passionate as I was about justice. I graduated in 2014 and then I became a teacher in 2015 as a core member through Teach for America. And then I transitioned to teach art at my alma mater, high school art at my alma mater on Buford Highway. And I realized that I was equipped with the passion and and I, you know, I was very aware of the systems of privilege and oppression, but I didn't really have the tools to hold people accountable when it came to injustice, right? And so even now when that I'm out of the classroom and I'm in in spaces of activism and in immigration reform work, I'm I'm still realizing that I have a lot to learn in in terms of what that looks like. What does accountability look like for for my community? What what does it look like to make reparations after someone has caused harm? And so that has been front of my mind a lot recently. Well, I was going to say a lot of the work that you do um, is very difficult. It's very difficult emotionally, I'm sure. But what excites you about the future? You know this this. You're right. This is very emotionally, physically exhausting work. I mean, even painting murals, that the time that I spend painting, it really takes a toll on my physical health. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I know that every single day that I wake up and I get to do this work, I am working towards building this legacy that is not just my legacy, but also the legacy of my family um, and what we're leaving behind. And I think I've become sort of obsessed with my legacy because my actual ability to physically be in the United States has always been under attack, right? There has always been this threat of deportation um, and, and that fear of being separated from family has always been a part of my experience because I'm undocumented. And so then everything I do just becomes so much, so much more meaningful because I'm constantly thinking of ways to, to plant seeds and to leave pieces of me behind, even if I myself am not able to stay in the United States. Um, and of course, you know, you mentioned the book, I, I'm very excited about the book that I am working on that I'm co-authoring with my business manager, which I think is an extension of that legacy, right? It's just another way for me to continue sharing my message and continue sharing my work. And um, I hope that when people read the book, 
they feel the same way they feel when when they are interacting with my artwork. Well, we truly are the beneficiaries of what you're leaving behind here in Decatur and Atlanta. Um, and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. As you, as we're thinking about wrapping up, what words of encouragement or advice would you have for our listeners? I think it's important for us to remember that there's no prescribed path and there isn't a linear path. Um, I've definitely had what I used to consider detours um, away from being an artist, but at the end of the day, all of the experiences that I've had um, in the classroom or even just like jobs that I just that I've had video editing and storytelling, like all of that has been important to the work that I'm doing today because I've just taken the opportunity to learn as much as possible. Um, and so even when we feel like we are far away from our purpose, we can make sure that everything that we do is intentional and that there are always steps we can take to move towards the life that we want to live. I mean, I remember after the 2016 election, I was in a very dark place and just feeling not myself because I wasn't creating and I was teaching elementary schools. I was teaching phonics and numeracy and it had nothing to do with, like I was passionate about education, but it, it had nothing to do with what I was truly passionate about. And so I remember like literally creating a concept map of all of the things that I could do to start moving towards being in a more creative space. And one of those things on my concept map was teaching art because then it, I could be in education, um, but I could still find a way to be creative or at least have creative conversations with those around me. And so um, I was constantly, even though I was not where I felt like I needed to be, I was constantly looking for ways to to inch over to, to, to where I am now. Well, we are so grateful for what you share with all of us. Um, and we're so happy that you were here with us today. Um, to our listeners, I hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Yamie's journey is one of many that we can't wait to share with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Yamie, for being with us. And I am Leo Kadia Zak, and this is Journeys to Leadership. Looking for more content? Check out Leading Everywhere, the Agnes Scott College podcast, a show that shares the stories of the campus community students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.